39. The Critique of Pure Reason by Immanuel Kant. Transcendental Doctrine of Method. Introduction. And Chapter 1. The Discipline of Pure Reason. Introduction. Recorded by Kirsten Ferreri. If we regard the sum of the cognition of pure speculative reason as an edifice, the idea of which at least exists in the human mind, it may be said that we have the it may be said that we have in the transcendental doctrine of elements examined the materials and determined to what edifice these belong and what its height and stability we have found indeed that although we had purposed to build for ourselves a tower which should reach to heaven the supply of materials sufficed merely for a habitation which was spacious enough for all terrestrial purposes, and high enough to enable us to survey the level plain of experience, but that the bold undertaking designed necessarily failed for want of materials, not to mention the confusion of tongues, which gave rise to endless disputes among the labourers on the plan of the edifice, and at last scattered them over all the world, each to erect a separate building for himself, according to his own plans and his own inclinations." Our present task relates not to the materials, but to the plan of an edifice. And as we have had sufficient warning not to venture blindly upon a design which may be found to transcend our natural powers, while at the same time we cannot give up the intention of erecting a secure abode for the mind, we must proportion our design to the material which is presented to us, and which is at the same time sufficient for all our wants. I understand, then, by the transcendental doctrine of method, the determination of the formal conditions of a complete system of pure reason. We shall accordingly have to treat of the discipline, the canon, the architectonic, and finally the history of pure reason. This part of our critique will accomplish, from the transcendental point of view, what has been usually attempted but miserably executed under the name of practical logic. It has been badly executed, I say, because general logic, not being limited to any particular kind of cognition, not even to the pure cognition of the understanding, nor to any particular objects, it cannot, without borrowing from other sciences, do more than present merely the titles or signs of possible methods and the technical expressions, which are employed in the systematic parts of all sciences, and thus the pupil is made acquainted with names, the meaning and application of which he is to learn only at some future time. End of section 39